Hey everyone, welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran. And of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. And yes, we are working on the audio. <laughs> so uh, for those of you that uh, are uh, have been sending us comments about the audio, yes, we realize we have no control <laughs> on our guests that come on uh, from Clubhouse, and we've been working on Rob's audio too. So I don't know what it is, Rob. Some change, you know, when you went from the Mackie Mixer to the Roadcaster, uh, it just, we haven't been able to find that happy balance yet. Well, and I also just uh, upgraded the um, the Clubhouse room to high quality audio. Oh. So the, that makes a difference. I, I don't know. Yeah, and I think it has a lot to do with whoever may be coming up and speaking as well up there they're not on a mic and they're on their phone, then we're going to get phone quality no matter, no matter what. But so I, I just, Hey, I want to start things off today. I, I made a um, conclusion last night. You did. <laughs> I need to start a podcast and it's going to be called podcast rescue. <laughs> <laughs> well, Todd, did you notice the, uh, the name that I gave to this episode on clubhouse? It's basically new media show live podcasts needing help. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a, oh, we already talked about it. There's a pandemic of advice given after six or seven times, it turns into bad advice. <laughs> and it's the bad advice is said multiple times doesn't make it better advice. Yeah. <laughs> and there you go again. I don't know why I'm, it sounds like you're overdriven to me. I don't know. Maybe is your voice crumply or, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I can turn it down more. And I don't, I don't know if it's, if that's the issue to be honest with you, but maybe we need to play around a little bit, but yeah. So I had a whole bunch of response. I actually put that on Facebook last night and I had like, 20 people say, great idea. Let's do the show. <laughs> and, uh, I, um, put it do, right. So it just, it, it just goes on and on and on because ah, you, you, you hate to be that guy. And it happens in Facebook forums and you just, you know, it's, it's not just bad advice is being given everywhere. And it's a pile-on effect of people that have been taught things that I just, sometimes I just shudder over. And I, I, I guess that's me. That's why I said maybe a show that comes up with the name Podcast Rescue. Um, I actually took for the domain name. The .com wasn't available, but uh, someone had, had already bought it. And I probably got something in my <laughs> repertoire of domains that would work, but I don't really know want to start another show, but right. geez. I think you have enough shows, Todd, that you're doing. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I do. But, and you can't save them all either. So it's just, um, right. And some people are so adamant. And I understand there's no rules in podcasting, and I keep that in mind. But right. when someone outright tells somebody, this is the way you will do this, and I'm like, uh, not really. <laughs> And then, you know, I, I just, I feel bad because what that is going to do and what it is happening is those, those, those shows are destined for the graveyard. Well, I guess 
maybe what we need to do is identify the type of information <clears throat> that's being shared that's uh, not helpful. I mean, is there any kind of common threads that you're you're seeing? Uh, well, you know, as as an example, um, there was a, and this happened from a phone uh, phone call I had. Um, someone that um, I, I, I see if I can remember the context, but oh, the context was I want you to check my show out over on Spotify. And I said, well, I, I don't use Spotify. What, what is your Apple podcast listing? Or, you know, I can't find your show in the Apple podcast directory. And this yep. person flipped. What do you mean? I'm like, well, are you an Apple podcast? Or are you in Google podcast? Are you anywhere else but Spotify? No. Why should I be anywhere else but Spotify? And I'm like, well, it's podcast is about distribution and a small percentage of your audience listen on Spotify and you really should. Well, I was told. And I'm like, oh, here we go. And so is the show being published on Anchor? Yeah, it, it is. Well, that, that, that explains it. But at the same time, um, is, and I'm not saying this is happening because my understanding was that they were still automatically submitting shows to Apple. Um, obviously, it didn't happen with this show, but the question really is, is Anchor now suppressing other destinations? And I'm not saying that's happening, but, and again, this is one instance. So, you know, it's, it's not a trend per se. Well, I know that when I was working over on Spreaker, uh, just to give a little bit of an example of this, I, I think when a publishing platform or recording platform gets merged in with a listening platform, you you can create <clears throat> an environment where a person thinks that they're producing that show just for that platform, right? Mm -hmm. so I had shows at uh, at Spreaker that would come in and, and create their shows on the Spreaker platform and never put them out as a podcast. They were just available off of a speaker. Right. So they were typically live shows that were produced, um, on the platform and they would be automatically recorded and made available as part of their, their older episodes. Right. right? But the content creator didn't think of their shows as, as being podcasts mm -hmm. or they didn't even know what a podcast was or how it worked or how to submit. I mean, some of the, you know, like submitting to Apple, you have to know about Podcast Connect. Yeah. Yeah. And if Anchor isn't educating their podcasters about that um, or encouraging that. Um, I don't know how they would know unless they did some research. Right. <laughs> and what was more interesting is that she, the person was contacting me for advertising. I'm like, I can't help you. Right. You know, so I can't measure you because Anchor's not. You know, we can't put a redirect over on uh, on a media URL over an anchor. So I can't, I can't measure you. I can't monetize you. Right. Right. And, and of course, that was, you know, the redirect discussion continues here. We uh, sounds profitable. Of course, James Criddle apologized, but I guess he sent the sounds profitable newsletter on the Pod News newsletter email list. So I thought that was hilarious. So uh, pushed the wrong distribution button. So, uh, I think James lost a few subscribers this morning, <laughs> but you know, uh, 
I had mentioned on the last show that Angelo had replied with to Brian with a pretty extensive, you know, I, I and actually, I don't think Brian used very much of the stuff Angelo sent over. So right. I think we're going to put up our own article on, on the redirect right. and talk about that from a implementation and, you know, what really happens there as people do that to the variety of, I think the poor services that offer redirects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But guess what else I got in the email? What'd you get? My IAB recertification notification. Oh, okay. There you go. Ka-ching, ka-ching, huh? Ka-ching, ka-ching. So uh, I signed the contract, sent it over because we're, they're going to introduce the 2.1 spec. And, uh, and they also said before that, um, they would be, um, doing this on a two year basis. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the price actually surprisingly was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Okay. So it's still significant, but about half as significant as of what I thought it was going to be. Cause I don't think I'm allowed to say the price. Well, I would think that uh, each subsequent time that you're getting recertified would be a simpler process than the first one, and, I would think. And considering the spec hasn't changed too much, the only thing we're doing is excluding, from a technical standpoint, excluding Apple Watch and, um, you know, the IPv6 stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. It's, so. I mean... I think we all knew that that was coming, you know, mm -hmm. that we as platforms, uh, hosting platforms, we were going to have to, um, you know, re-up now and then yep. to keep the IAB happy on that side. My, my CFO was like, really? I'm like, well, <laughs> this is not a surprise. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that's true. Because those are, you know, those are so, actually very painful checks to write no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Todd, it, it's kind of interesting. And I want, want to acknowledge our, our clubhouse uh, listeners here and, and maybe we could invite, uh, I, I believe it's Felix who's in here with us. Um, but, um, that, uh, some things come full circle on, on podcasting here. Um, I don't know if you saw in today's newsletter from James about uh, Pod TV <laughs> is the is the hot thing in the news today, right? Is it really the hot thing in the news? <laughs> well, in in Pod News today, anyway. Okay. So, you know, s smart TVs uh, is the is the big hot thing now, right, Todd? Uh huh. You know, Roku. <laughs> Boy, does that sound familiar to you at all? Um, you know, what's funny is... Uh, <laughs> uh, TV, uh, Windows Media Center, you know, you start looking at both of us on this and yeah. Well, you know, I think I still have three channels on the Roku. I think they actually need to be updated because I think some stuff is broke. Right, right. <laughs> but... But I think it, it's funny how I'm getting asked more and more about video podcasting, Todd. Yeah, I, I am too. But I think that the uh, the Roku and these other devices that 
our capable, you know, these smart home, you know, our smart TVs. Um, you know, people have had a lot of video content, podcast content on there for years. You know, we, we were apps 12, thir- yeah, 12, 13 and 14 on the Roku with, with audio and video podcasts on as soon as Roku launched, you know, mm-hmm. and at one point I think we had like from Blueberry, at least we had about 3% penetration and never went much higher than that. And right. now it's down under a percent because people are not using their smart home devices, um, their smart TVs to listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, why all of a sudden it's coming back now is, is really kind of, kind of interesting. Are we coming into a different era? Um, when, when video is becoming more important again, I'm not really entirely sure what's, what's really behind this research. Live, live. Everyone can, they can do live easy. Yeah, but it's not, it's not always about live, but I guess it could be. Yeah. Right. Stream yard. You've got all the different, uh, wirecast tools. You can, you don't even, you just need a webcam. You know, right. it's, it's very, very simple to go live and do a live podcast. And people are figuring out what I figured out a long time. It's nice to have a little bit of interactivity and we do it on this show. Well, and I think it, you know, we get lost in the, in the terms here too, somewhat because when people talk about this, they say, you know, a video podcast, but I, I hear constantly people referring to that being something that's done on YouTube or that's being something that's done in Vimeo. Uh, and then when I raised the topic that, uh, that it's, it's something that can be done as an enclosure in an RSS feed, people's eyes glaze over. It's like, what, what's mm-hmm. that? It's like, you know, we've kind of have this throwback. Uh, but then when people hear about the, the oh yeah, I can create an MP4 file and right. put it in an RSS feed. They're like, oh, well, that sounds interesting. How can I do that? <laughs> you know, it's like. What's old, what's but, new is old or old is new again. You yeah. know, it's what it feels like sometimes. One thing for, <laughs> excuse me, one thing for sure is the growth hasn't stopped. Today they say we, we bumped over 2 million shows in Apple Podcasts. We kind of thought that was going to happen pretty quickly. Right. Overnight, the total number of shows hit 2,462,000. And he says that 37.29% are Active and published at least one episode in the last 90 days. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. about 600 and well, more than that, about 700,000 shows then have created a new episode in the last 90 days. Yeah. And then, but if you take, take the number of the published 10 episodes, that number even whittles down even more. I of think course. it gets down to the, the four or 500,000 range. You know, because test, 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 push and publish does count as an episode. <laughs> right. Right. That's true. So, you know, a lot of people pine that, that the podcasting spaces, there's too much, too many content creators, too many podcasts, all that stuff. But when you really look at what's actually going on, um, that number is quite, quite a bit smaller than mm-hmm. people think. Yeah. And I had, um, conversation with a, excuse me, a company um, earlier in a week that really is trying to figure out uh, podcast attribution without being able to do a a redirect. 
and you know this this desire again for these analysis on podcasts continues by new entrants to the space and i think they're really surprised sometimes when they're asked hey can we get the raw log data from you to validate against another database and when i say no <laughs> right no, you can't because our data is anonymized and we're GDPR compliant. It 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 really sets them back in their seats. But according to the Soundbites article, Sounds Profitable article today, it appears that some podcast hosts are sharing log files with measurement companies, and not measurement companies, attribution companies, and. This is new to me. This is new news that a podcast host is actually shipping over raw raw log files. For a couple of years now. It's usually under a pretty tight contract um, before they actually do it. But I, I have heard of it happen before. It's not s- something that, you know, Lipson wants to get involved with uh, at all at any at any level. Right. Uh, but I have heard that under uh, a strict release contract that it has happened in the past. I My comment on it would be that it's probably not going to happen very much going into the future, though. Well, how do you – so, you know, it's a level of work to, number one, identify EU IPs, right. strip those. Right. And there's not 100% accuracy in that maybe 98, 99, but some are going to slip through. Right. And then to strip those and then ship those somewhere. I wonder if podcasters are really understanding that's what's happening. Well, are you talking about pod, the podcast creators themselves? Yeah. Or the listeners? You're talking about listeners? Well, I'm talking about the podcaster. Would you, if, if it's the host doing it, what what's to say a host is not doing that wholesale with all their log files? I I don't know that w- what the terms of these types of data trades are. So if the, if they're if they're going to say to they come to us and say, hey, we want your your log files to do attribution, you know, we're going to say no. If they say I want Geek News Central or New Media Shows log files, we're still going to say no, but would a, you know, how does that work? Are some companies doing their whole stack or are they just doing one show's log files? From what I've heard, it's shows that have given authorization to do it. So it's not like the hosting platform just does it wholesale. For those, all I hope those hosts are disclosing that to their audiences. Well, that's the bigger question, right? Um, have, have the, um, there's no way for all the audience to a podcast to opt in. No third party sharing. And, and if they're, if they're sharing those log files, then is there retargeting going on from that? Well, that's, that's the ultimate question, right? Right. Yeah. If it's being used for retargeting, that is a clear, clear violation of privacy. The question gets back is this gray area of sharing it just to do ad targeting to just that podcast. You can't share California IP data. You can't, that's that's not allowed. Mm -hmm. Right. So you not only have to filter EU, they got to filter California IPs too. Right. 
exactly. So you're, you're winnowing your campaign down I, more and more on the targeting side, but right? I, are they doing that? Some are, I think. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Man. I don't think it's a huge number of shows that are doing this, but, um, yeah, I think it is being, being done, but, but I do think that that window of opportunity is closing fast on being able to do that legally, uh, and ethically. Do, do you guys care? Listen to the show. Do you even care about this? And we've asked this before. Yeah. I don't know the most listeners. I think. No, the I, people listen to this show are podcasters, but do you guys care about this? Or do, you, do you think attribution's awesome? Do you think we're crazy for sticking up for listeners? privacy yeah yeah i mean here let's invite uh felix to join us up here maybe you can give us oh he can't join us right now so okay. that's okay um yeah i just wanted to get your your idea if you wanted to okay uh say invite as a speaker let's see maybe he is going to come up here so uh rob i hear that a train you're rolling through <laughs> much to your chagrin i know it drives you crazy <laughs> if anybody want to knows what where rob lives now just triangulate to a train on the move All right. All right. Hey, hey, Felix. Hey, uh, long time listener, first time caller. Yeah, thank you very much, Felix, for uh, for jumping on here. Felix is the is the founder and and, uh, and creator of the Latin Podcast Awards. So, thanks, thanks so much for joining us. Do you have any thoughts um, on on the listener privacy here with the uh, with the sharing of your IP address to advertisers and stuff like that? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah. So my thought it is it is a violation of privacy. The problem that we're having is that especially with this new generation of folks coming up with the internet, it has become commonplace. So when we when we sign up for stuff, we give all kinds of permissions away. And we don't even read the, the small detail letters that, you know, that we're supposed to read. We just say, yes, we accept. And then later we're complaining about, hey, they're using, they're, they're sharing my information to make money, to make a profit. Well, they're telling you that. And that, you know, when you sign up for these things, you have two options, right? Either you sign up and you say yes, or you go, no, I don't want to be part of it. And that's where the issue lies. But. I think um, as we're talking about one company is being looked at the EU. They're looking at them because I think it's um, is it Spotify. I'm not sure which one. It came out in the news lately because of privacy issues. You know. And I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Todd. I, I just you know, I, and for those of you that are on the live stream, uh, Felix is on a mobile device. Just so you know, he's calling in on Clubhouse. Um, I, I think that, uh, it's just something that we're just going to continue to find more information about and, and, you know, what happens if they're, if someone goes after another company and, and litigate, if they can prove that they're, you know, doing attribution on, on EU citizens. And if they are, then, uh, 
you know, there's going to be a big price to pay there. Um, I would hate to be the target company that gets sued by the European Union for any type of uh, privacy activity because they, they're going to extract their pound of flesh and cash on you in a big way. Yeah. And they've done it before with other other companies. Yeah. Yeah, I think that there's clearly going, going to be uh, a a pullback on this efforts across across the industry uh, unless the only way that this can proceed Todd, and you would probably agree with this is going to be done by the by the proprietary platforms like uh, Spotify or Apple or probably probably not Apple but Spotify Pandora that they can with their listeners um, have some sort of an opt-in but those are going to be just ads that are placed uh, in the shows on their platform. So, hey, uh, Felix, if you could mute uh, when you're not speaking, I'd appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's the big question is that, is that if you look across the board uh, of all the podcast distribution, um, the listeners can't, don't have equal access to opt in yeah. to their information being captured and shared with a third party. Well, you know, it hasn't stopped investors. Potsite just got $4 million in, in, uh, in funding. And, uh, this is on top of the 1.5 million they got in January of 2020. So, uh, it sounds to me like they're all in on attribution and tracking. So, um, the investors seem to think that's a good investment. So I don't right. think this is going away anytime soon for sure. I just have a hard time seeing a path forward. Um, you know, they can invest in this stuff. I guess I'm just worried, Todd, that this is going to push things, push more and more of the content behind um, proprietary platforms. Well, when you're behind a proprietary platform, you have agreed, as Felix said, to being tracked. You've right. agreed to a terms of service. So, um, so I guess we'll see what happens over time on this. Uh, see where the advertisers move their money because you know, the word on the street is that some of these advertisers saying no, no attribution, no ad deal. And, uh, they're not going to spend money unless you do it. So maybe it's going to be foregone that, that podcasters are going to have to participate in the ad deal. They're going to have to do attribution, whether they like it or not. And I'm sure most, you know, on the prospect of not getting paid and getting paid are probably going to go to the route of getting paid. I can't blame them, but right. it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's an interesting development. And again, I, the individual that I talked to, well, I can't say, but, um, my personal prediction is, and has been for a while that, you know, we, we've, they've got a few years right. before that the hammer comes completely down and, and this, and more states start acting legislation like the CCPA. And I know we talk about this a lot, but I, I think yep. I was really. Or to the open nature um, RSS based distribution. Yeah. And, and I put things behind, um, you know, proprietary platforms more and more. You know, and I think that my, what my surprise was, and maybe I was just being, uh, you know, not forward enough thinking, but I, I was, because to me, to share our raw log files is apps, you know, that's, that's an absolute, that's, that's a no. I don't have to ask nobody. That, that's a no. <laughs> you know, I don't have to go back to him. I said, no, we, we don't do that. Sorry. 
So right. to, to actually think that the way they're trying to get around from the ad blockers, and that's what it is, is the, is trying to avoid the ad blockers is they're doing the transfer of the, of the, of the IP data. So yeah. th there it is. And, uh, it's just a, another level of, again, if, 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 if we could opt in, if listeners could opt in, I'd have, again, I want this data, but I, I want the listeners to be able to opt in. Yeah. And I do, I want it as well. Hey, I, I brought up another person up on stage to, to join us. Uh, his name is Mitch Radcliffe. Uh, he's actually the former co-host of my uh, my national syndicated radio show that I did, the Web Talk Radio Show, for many many years. Well, good to be here, Mitch. It's great to great to talk with you. So I, I just dropped in, so I, I, I so you're talking through the um, the new Google privacy requirement. Well, no, about uh, opt in to be tracked in podcasting, given that, uh, podcasting is an open RSS based distribution platform and not all mm -hmm. the listening apps, uh, have the ability for a listener to say, yeah, go ahead and track my, uh, my IP address. So, and so we're seeing certain platforms, uh, hosting platforms start to, to do attribution and tracking and third party, um, sharing of, uh, IP data around podcast listening. And so we, uh, that's what we were talking well, about. I, I, I agree with Todd that I think we need to, uh, provide an opt-in. Uh, I think that's the standard practice across the industry generally, um, right. certainly for all marketing sites and, and because podcasting is becoming a more integral marketing channel. Uh, I know that they're going to push for, uh, access to that information, but I think that we need to be mindful of our listeners' rights. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Mitch, sadly, there are, and I don't know how many, uh, a, a number of folks that are doing exactly that and not being mindful of their listeners. So, but I think listeners are, you know, we've all been trained, you know, when we go to Amazon, we've, we've agreed to their 900 pages of terms of service. And when we use Google, Gmail, we've, you know, we've, we've agreed to their 1800 pages of terms of service and, and I'm exaggerating a little bit here, but you know what I mean? Sure. So, you know, we don't have an 1800 page document to present to podcast listeners about what we're going to do with the data. You know, it's just, you know, and it's, even though it's usually a check mark somewhere, none of us ever read those terms of service. We just a given though. We know that we've done it. So maybe podcasters just think they're being tracked and didn't know they, they didn't even opt in. <laughs> So they gave up before it began. Yeah. I mean, Todd, one thing to think about this from the standpoint of being hosting platforms, um, distribution platforms, not listening platforms per se, like, like we are, is we're not really, um, capturing, um, what, what would be, um, personally identifiable information. Really. I, I think people think of the IP address as, PPI personally identifiable. Rob, 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 Rob. But, but, um, hear me out. Okay. Um, it becomes personally identifiable when you have combined it with another data source. Well, not even yeah. When you have used a opt-in database. Right. I mean, we're not actually mapping that to any particular user. But if we share it to someone else, we're culpable in doing that. 
that could do that, right? So yeah, I, I don't think that's what we should do. Right. So, I mean, a lot of the data that, that we capture on our hosting platforms is is not able in our platforms to be mapped to any particular user. Hey, Mitch, um, if I could get you to mute for a second while you're, I know you want to interject, but uh, mute while you're uh, you're not talking. I appreciate it. It's just, be- we're hearing your, your construction going on. <laughs> my dog. It's okay. <laughs> so. But I. Go, go ahead, Tom. But Mitch is old school. You know, Mitch is, you know, Mitch was doing content with back with you in the early days. So, you know, he, he understands this a lot more and, you know, and has, you know, lots of years of media experience. So, but you have, you know, much people much younger than us in the space. They've grown around being tracked and they think this is the, you know, this is the cool way to make sure we make more money and uh, the hell with the, the privacy. We're just, you know, we got, we got to get the, we got to get the deals done. We got to generate revenue. It, it's, it's all about chasing the dollar. I'm about right. chasing the dollar, but I kind of draw the line at this point. And I guess it gets back to, can, can we get to a point where, um, the client can actually across the board, across the whole industry, give, the listener, the opt-in, can we create, I mean, what kind of infrastructure do we need to create to be able to create that? Um, where every listener that listens to anything off of hosted on our platform, Todd, um, can opt in. Well, we, we, we can't do that. We can do that on our own platforms. You know, when they come over to Blueberry to listen to a podcast on our directory, we can say, Hey, do you mind being tracked? We could do that if they create, if they create an account. And number two, then we have to ask folks like Marco to do an opt-in on privacy. And he's going to go, <laughs> no, you can't. I'm not going to ask, but maybe, uh, you know, because he has no incentive to do so. And neither do any other podcasting apps. They're not making money from these advertising deals. So really the only way, and I keep, and I've said this to a number of people, the only way that we're ever going to get to the point where we're going to be able to allow listeners to opt in or opt out is to incentivize the app developers to do that. But Apple's never going to do it. Google's never going to do it. And the other platforms like Spotify, Pandora, they're already tracking because they've already got a terms of service. So it's the 20% or whatever the number is of consumption that's happening outside of those big platforms that would implement that. So still, you're only going to get a small percent, you know, fit right now, 57 to 60% are on Apple podcasts. Apple's never going to ask their listeners to be opt in, to be tracked over on blueberry. Never, never, not in a million years. Matter of fact, that, that, that's absurd to think they would even do it. So would pot, Google and no one's going to do that. Well, I think you have to, you, you called out the, the need to get developers involved in this. The first question is, what could a developer build based on access to the information that improves the, the experience for the listener? And I can't think of one right off the top of my head. Uh, you know, I might be able to beat my brain to come up with ideas about, oh, we can relate one thing you listen to to another. And to some extent here on, on Clubhouse, they make recommendations based on the rooms you enter. Right. So there are analogous uh, 
experience improvements that we can deliver. But, you know, I, I work with a variety of big brands as well as one main um, publishing site. And it's just a given that you're being tracked on a page now. Uh, and I, what I'm trying to find is ways to provide particularly to the digital natives who grew up after us and, and don't think of privacy the same way, something better for having made that exchange. Uh, I believe that's giving something back because they've already given up the privacy. Right. We could possibly make it better. That That's that's an idea too. So, you know, I just think that uh, because what, what the level of implementation would very be very complicated because what it would happen is now there's what, 30 podcast hosts and plus you've got podcasters that are self-hosting as well in the tens of thousands and you would have to have a system that would okay let's say the podcast today is with blueberry and tomorrow they decide to change podcast hosts they move over to libsyn there would have to be a new authorization because we're the we're, we're the gatekeepers of the ip data because we host the media so there would it would be very very complicated. I just don't. And plus, with all the existing laws in California, I, you know, go ahead and I would just have all of you if if you ever want to do a data sharing agreement under GDPR, just go read up on a data sharing agreement in the it's it's about eight hundred pages of legalese. And, you know, if you want to do a data sharing agreement with a company in the EU, you, you know, you plan on spending $50,000 in lawyer cost. This is, this, is, this is complicated stuff once you get into areas that actually have true privacy laws in effect that have thought this through already. And that's, you know, that's why we, both of us have implemented GDPR globally. Well, Todd, I think one of the things that we have to think about is, is that we either start coming up with really, really good ideas on how we can do it, or else we risk driving all of the the monetization into proprietary platforms, and um, they're going to move away from RSS. Um, that's my that's my ultimate fear here. And and is there an opportunity? Is this a technology company opportunity to create a a platform that that creates a global um, authorization platform. Well, I'm hmm. having a conversation with somebody about that very topic later today, and somebody who actually could build it. Really? Wow. You know, and it, 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 there's something there with that. At, at the same token, um, I don't think there's enough inventory percentage in these locked ecosystems. There would be a serious, serious hit on revenue, you know, we talking about us being at a billion dollars for ad revenue. If they funneled all podcast advertising into lockdown platforms like iHeart, Pandora, Spotify, and the only way you get money is on those platforms, you you, you go back to a hundred million dollar advertising space because the content, you know, there's such small percentage of players, iHeart less than 1% of global market share, Pandora less than 1% of global market share. Um, you know, the only company that has made any, any inroads at all is Spotify and it's still eight or 9%, maybe 10, some, you know, depends on show by show basis. But, you know, from us, you know, I think you guys said 13. Uh, 13. So that's, that's 87, 86, 85% of the consumption of content out there that would not get monetized. And that is absolutely not going to happen. So I, I'm not worried about it 
being forced into these verticals. Um, if it is, then podcasting as we know it is done from a monetization standpoint. Well, that's what I'm, 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 I'm concerned that that could happen here unless we, we can, as an industry, come together and figure this out, right? Well, attribution, again, though, only gets them so far. So I, I listen to podcasts in my car. Right. And, and is only a small piece of the podcasting industry. Too. Right. And, and if I hear an ad, I'm not picking my phone up and reacting to that ad on my phone. I usually get to the office or the house and I get on my computer right. and I go to the page, which is a different IP than what my phone had. So the attribution breaks there immediately. It's only a small percentage, tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of stuff that actually is going to attribute back to the advertiser with, with this IP data. So, you know, when's the last time you listen to anyone in this audience, let me, please, 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 please. If you've done, if you've done this as a, as a podcaster listening to another show, have you heard an ad in a podcast and used your phone that you're listening to that show on to react and go take advantage of that offer? I'd love to hear the number of podcasters that have actually done that. And I bet you that would be under 10%. I would agree. But I also think that's where federated identity capabilities, where the login system is aware of the multiple mm -hmm. IP addresses. Because we're still thinking about this old peer-to-peer -peer model. It's not about one device connecting to another right. device. It's about constellations of personal devices connecting to the net. Right. And we don't have awareness into that constellation. But that kind of attribution could be picked up, even anonymously, um, using that kind of system. Well, Mitch, are you keeping an eye on some of the things that are going on in, in Europe around um, personal data ownership? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, is there a solution um, here coming from that, you think, um, that's in the on the horizon, you think? No, not yet. No, I, I think people are fighting rather than trying to figure out how to live with it. Um, and, and I say that with a perspective of working with several major brands on how they interact with their customers. They're still primarily focused on disclaiming the terms of service mm -hmm. for sharing your information rather than trying to figure out how to, like we were talking a moment ago, improve the experience. The experience could just be the fact that the podcaster, because you make the connection between listening on one device and acting on another device, right. could be compensated better. Right. Hey, hey, Rob, could you do me a favor and turn your clubhouse audio connection down two notches? I want to see what that, what that does. We're experimenting here. We've had a little challenges with uh, audio, just the clubhouse audio level. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, I was going to oh, shoot. I think I lost my, my Yeah, I, I interrupted you. It's talked about the ownership of media and, you know, Mitch well, saying. It's the ownership of your data, right? right. So you think about um, the information that you share. I think, I can't remember what country is it, Lithuania or some, one of the countries in Europe is basically doing a program where they're, they're basically giving their their citizens control over all the data that they share 
And, and I just wonder if, if that has a role as you look to the future, especially when we start thinking about the future of blockchain um, and how data might be um, secured that way as well. Well, so, even Google, even in the modern society that we live in, and they're tracking our every moment, if you have location tracking turned on on your phone, you, you know, you can go look where you were two years ago. Um, if you turn that location tracking off, which I have, and you clear that from the system, Google still is going to hold that data for a couple of years. They have a, a data retention policy on this for, for a couple of years, and largely for legal reasons. If you've you know, robbed a bank or something, they can, I guess, you, you know, they can be subpoenaed for that info. But um, I think that uh, in the end, what we end up having is a, um, the ability to kind of clear some of the data that's being tracked on us. But, you know, they, you know, the deed is already done. If you've opted in, it's that, that's that instant, you know, that instant uh, feedback and retargeting and everything else that goes on with this. And, you know, I see it just as much as anybody else. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. And one, Hey, one thing I was going to mention, Rob, um, there was, Oh my God. So I'm speaking about losing your train of thought here. Uh, there was a, an app that has introduced, Oh man, I thought it was in pod news, but, They've adopted one of the new, oh, here it is. The Breeze Lightning Client has added a native podcast player on their iOS app. And I, again, I have no idea who these are. And they're using the Podcast 2.0 podcast semicolon value tag to share cryptocurrency with shows. So we've seen the NFT craze start around the Erythium uh, crypto coin. I, you know, I, and I, I'm, I'm actually spending more brain cells on this than I probably should. But, you know, I asked my audience, my Geek in the Central audience, I said, if, you know, if I offered up an episode as an NFT token to buy, you know, you're not, the, the, the episode's still public, but the person that buys the episode buys the rights to the, to the content, um, you know, would you guys, you know, buy some episodes? And I haven't got any feedback yet, but I wonder if this is going to be a trend that's going to spill into the podcasting space. I don't know. There's another um, post that was in pod news today um, talking about there's some U.S. research from YouGov talking about um, how little people are willing to pay or donate money yeah. to a podcast. I think they're estimating that the, there's only like $13 million a month um, that's being spent on podcasting globally in those areas, right? Pay, yeah. pay, listen, or, or donate. Uh, so it's still a nascent part of the podcasting space. I think we'd all like it to be more important. Um, I, 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 I just look at my show. I've always said if I could just get two bucks, <laughs> two bucks from 50% of the audience, you know, that's uh, happy days are like, you know, I, I, I can, you know, I can very, very quickly build an empire, <laughs> you know, just around my little show. If just each listener would do two bucks, you know, and heck, I would sell for 50 cents, you know, at 50 cents, it still makes for a pretty good year. 
<laughs> and uh, you wouldn't have to worry about a sponsor canceling you ever, you know, if you could get 50 cents. But I think they're on to something there because podcasts have been free. And, you know, we, we, we do our begs to get a little extra money, make a little premium content, you know, whatever the, whatever the scheme we have to try to get content uh, listeners to contribute. You know, this, this show case in point, I, you know, I think we've raised about a hundred bucks uh, in the past year from donations, which is okay. And we appreciate anytime someone throws us a nickel. Um, but again, this show never started out being a beg for cash. Now we know who does it the best, but they built their whole, they built a whole show ecosystem around and a whole, a whole system around donations and, List, you know, listener support, and it's 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 quite a phenomenon. They ought to look at that show and do a cross study to figure out how they did it, because their listeners. And we're talking about the new, not the new me show, the No Agenda show. You know, no, they they yeah. do very well. They do well, or do okay. Maybe that's the better word. Right at times. I'm sure that that show does 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 very well. They've. You know, between the two of them, I'm sure they're doing just fine. But yeah, yeah, and you know. they've got a huge audience too. They've been able to build it, and it's been you know, Adam and John have been doing that show for I don't know as long as we've probably been yeah. doing this show. And then don't hide the revenue, so someone could sit there with a calculator and listen to all their episodes and figure out what they make over a 30 day period. And and you know, they could they could say that they you know of the donations that were fifty dollars and above, here's the math, you know, and uh, and then, you know, whatever is below 50, they don't talk about. But, you know, I think people would be pretty, pretty, I think they'd be sitting back in their seat a little bit. Yeah. Not so much just like, holy cow, they're getting rich because they're not, but they have a, a system that's allowing them to sustain life. I guess, that, you know, pay the rent and pay the electricity bill. But it's not yeah. a retirement, pro, 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 it's not a retirement plan. Right. Mitch, do you have any comments on the, on the monetization or donations versus paid podcasts? I know you, you well, you know, if I had figured this out, right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for instance, Earthman one, one that I run, which is, is we do a podcast, but we also have the largest recycling database in the United States. People do give us uh, donations right? and I'm surprised by how often they do it, but it's usually tied to getting some value from us, like finding a local recycling location or, we answered a question about how to recycle something or what was a more sustainable product and then they tip us. And, and, and we see, you know, a couple of hundred bucks a month uh, from that. Um, maybe even better than a good month. But that isn't going to pay the bills. Uh, it, you know, it doesn't even cover a month's worth of podcast production, but it does give people a sense that they are doing something to support us. And I deeply appreciate that. Now, could you system, systematically build that in so that it was an easy click instead of like we do where you have to go to PayPal, set how much you're going to do and all that. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think going back to this notion of a, a distributed user controlled identity platform, uh, you have some really great opportunities to allow people to punch through the anonymity wall selectively and build relationships in such a way that you could support a, uh, a podcaster by, like I was saying before, you, you know, cross-device tracking to say, well, they heard it here, but they acted over here, which for marketers is gold. Yeah. Um, 
they can make more money. And so I, I, I'm hopeful that the next generation uh, web, whatever version we're on <laughs> is, is, is designed with the principle that interpersonal communications uh, are something that we want to have not on the record, but that you know are recordable in the sense that we know what happened in them for the benefit of the participants. And that you know the challenge there is the participants sometimes are commercial and sometimes they're personally or privately motivated. Uh, we have to make sure private individuals have the final say. Right. Yeah, and I do think that uh, you know this authorization platform that we're talking about here. I, I think there could be an economic model behind that that makes makes everything work for everybody involved. Um, it seems like it anyway. Um, I I just wonder why nobody stepped up to try and create something like this. Technology just hasn't been there. Right. So, or the need hasn't been there in a big enough way. Is that what you're saying? I, I, like I said, I don't think we've really been thinking about the the interconnectedness of multiple devices. I mean, this is also true in remote work environments where you have three or four different Zoom accounts because you have three or four different business relationships and nine different email addresses. Well, they're all you. We don't think of it that way. We try to solve the problem of one person interacting with the world, and it's also how one person interacts across a bunch of different devices. So I, I, I believe we're just entering the era in which we're going to think about that. Because I'm sure that the pandemic kind of fast-forwarded a lot of that um, opportunity, I would imagine. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, and, and so we're in, you know where we would have been in 2025 if there hadn't been a uh, a pandemic. I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so Todd, I think we have our 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 next business idea, right? Yes. <laughs> so I, I come in on it. <laughs> I, I got to, but I'll be happy to give you advice. I, okay. I'll read this uh, email I just uh, received. Okay. And, and you guys are going to laugh about this. Hey, Todd. The audio industry is getting a major upgrade next week as a leading platform for audio search and discovery will launch the world's first feed for mobile apps on Wednesday, March 31st. Podcasts became increasingly mainstream last year with 100 million Americans listening regular, but integrating podcasts directly into the most popular apps, this new launch will benefit entire audio ecosystem, bringing podcasts to new audiences while also providing incremental review and boosting engagement for developers and creators. Would you be interested in learning more under embargo? So the first, the first feed, the first podcast feed for mobile apps. Uh, that's a pretty bold statement. Wow. So I how, you know what that, really, so <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> buzzwords. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say buzzwords, buzzwords, Oh my gosh. So I thought it was interesting. Hey guys, I need to jump off. I have to okay. go. Right. I have a meeting that I have to attend, but thanks very much for having me on. All right, Mitch. Thanks for joining us. It was good to talk with good you. Good to be here with you guys. Yeah. Long time, Bob. It has been too long. <laughs> well, let's fix that. Yeah, okay. we should. <laughs> okay. Hey, Todd, I, I saw also in the, the pod news that, uh, Dan, Dan Bongino, who's been a big podcaster in the podcasting space, you know, I'm, um, has kind of moved over to Westwood One. 
So we're starting to see some talent coming out of the podcasting space head over to radio. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, he's actually going to be taking, uh, in some markets, the Rush Limbaugh spot. So, um, but it's interesting, not all stations are taking, are switching over to him. So some stations are going to continue to play Rush and replay and then have their their normal three rotating host, which I don't know if he was one of them, uh, to be supplemental for a while. So it's, it's interesting, you know, and you know, you think about, um, it's a good analogy for podcasting. You look at, um, you know, you love or hate Rush Limbaugh is, you know, people either loved him or they hate him or in you know, very, probably few people in between. It's the same thing with Dan Bongino. Too. Right. The guy was, a monster in radio, right. you know, he, 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 he brought talk radio to the forefront and he was the guy that did it. And, um, his passing leaves a big hole, you know, a three hour hole and a lot yeah. of radio stations programming where he was, he carried those stations for years. So, you know, let's, let's look at the podcasting space. Um, I think what we're, you know, you look at Marco, man, Marco's not going to quit anytime soon. But what if Marco said, Hey, I'm, I'm retiring. <laughs> you know, I, I got a year left. I, I, I'm bouncing out. Um, not Marco. Uh, I'm talking yeah. about, uh, Mr. Spotify, uh, Joe Rogan. What if Joe Rogan said he was going to retire in a year? Or God forbid something happened to Joe. And, you know, there is a massive audience that loves Joe. You know, Joe's not going anywhere. So I'm just using this as an analogy, people. So please stop the hate mail already. I don't just use this as an example. But who then moves in and, and would be, you know, where does that audience migrate to when when, when Joe Rogan retires, um, he potentially could do that podcast for, you know, Joe's, I, I don't know how old Joe Rogan is. I'm assuming he's pretty young. Um, but you know, I'm not saying you and I are superstars, but I'm 56. Uh, I, I'm not going to podcast forever. So there has to, you know, and I'm not saying we're, we're not in the same caliber. Let's, let's not even try to even, <laughs> you know, not even try, but if you're in a Joe Rogan caliber, you know, who is the body that comes in and fills that hole, um, with, with the content, I, I guess those people will be found. So this is what is a true test for radio and trying to find Rush's replacement. You know, when will we have that moment in podcasting? Right. It's the same thing with Sean Hannity. And if you think about Sirius, um, with, uh, Howard Stern, right. Right. Those are huge holes. You know, he was, on broadcast radio and built his career over there as well. I just, you know, if you look at like a Joe Rogan, he could easily move over to, to syndicated radio and get on 200 stations right. or whatever easily. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that could be a big monetization opportunity for him. But and, I'm talking more about when someone leaves space, right. you know, and you know, the, you know, the, yeah, the death of rush was, you know, they knew he was on borrowed time when he made his cancer announcement. And so they had time to plan. 
you know, and, and yet I think they're still a little flat footed. They're trying to figure out what, what they're going to do. Um, but I, I think that, you know, Howard Stern, he just, you know, he just re-signed a contract with Sirius. So I think he's on for another five years or something. I, I haven't listened to him since he renewed his contracts. So I don't know how many days a week he's live and how many days are re and replay, but you know, Howard actually figured out that that was, you know, the narrow wise was probably, he, you know, I would almost imagine Howard Stern stays working because of his staff. His staff needs him probably more than he needs the money. I'm sure Howard is well set for the rest of his life. So Howard continues to work. So his employees stay paid. Maybe, but Joe Rogan doesn't have a big staff per se. I don't think. I think Howard is going to keep doing it as long as he's got, you know, a fan base. I mean, eventually, yeah, I agree. He's going to, he's going to retire, Yep. but I don't see him in a place. At least my perception of him is he's not in a place to anytime soon shut down. But I guess there's 700,000 shows that are active out there. They have a shot at being the next Joe Rogan. So I guess that is the, you know, I mean, the question gets back to is Joe Rogan a podcast anymore? Um, I guess, you know, many in the industry continue to see him that way, which, which also opens the door for, you know, maybe, you know, if that's the definition, um, then is Howard Stern a podcast now all of a sudden? Uh, I don't think he even wants it to be referred to as a podcast, but I think that I mean, it's just, an interesting question because if you draw a parallel between uh, what Joe Rogan is doing with Spotify and what Howard Stern is doing with Sirius. Yeah, it's similar. Difference? There's really no difference, but most people still think Joe's a podcaster. And, right. you know, I don't think you're going to change that. You know, technically, he's not. Joe, Joe started out as a podcaster. Right, right. So it's where you started is what matters i guess i guess so dan bongino will always be a podcaster who's on the radio but didn't he have i think he had some television exposure who dan yeah i think he does a video kind of like what joe rogan no i think he has i think he has um scheduled spots on like fox and some others i don't think he was I, I don't know what came first, the podcast or the television appearances. So. Yeah, I think he's been a guest on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'd have I to look him up on Wikipedia and see. On a, on a TV network, though. I think he used to be involved. In, I think he used to be law enforcement. I, I don't know. There's some, there's some yeah. history on him. Like a Secret Service agent. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Huh. Well, I, you know, I, I think we'll see. But. You know, I think radio people are looking for the next big talent, but at the same point, um, they sure haven't acted upon too many podcasters bring them into radio. They've cross-traded and upgraded within their ecosystem, which is understandable too. Well, it also gets back to do, do podcasters want to be on radio? Well, your rules change, that's for sure. You know, that's, I mean, it, it probably takes a certain deal or a certain type of podcaster to be even interested in doing that. You got to hit a mark, Rob. You got to hit your 12 minute. 
go out for four minutes of ads, run, take a pee, come back, you know. (laughs) It's a different format, and it does beg the question, is Dan going to do a different show on Westwood One that he's doing as a podcast? He has to because he's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to have breaks. Right. He's, you know, that's, that's given. Unless Westwood One changes their model. Yeah, I mean, I know of a couple other podcasters that have gone from podcasting for many years over to like Sirius, right? And they tend to do two different things. They Mm -hmm. tend to do a a longer form show on Sirius, and then they just do more of an abbreviated show as a podcast. Um, And sometimes those segments can cross-pollinate with each other. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's, It'll be interesting to follow what Dan does between his his podcast and his Westwood One syndication. Yeah, and I, and I know that Rush had a podcast, a premium podcast. He didn't get it for free. But I think that was just a rebroadcast of his. Yeah, radio. I don't know the format. Maybe someone that has was part of the IB or whatever. I think that's what's called the IB. Maybe they know. Maybe if it was just a raw re. Re, you know, if they took the three hours he was on the air and made it a three-hour MP3, maybe that was the case. I, I Again, I don't know. But it is interesting to think about these, you know, because depending on where you came from, yeah. right, yeah. creates your orientation towards the other, right? That's true. So, so if you come from radio, you're going to have to probably either decide that you're going to just repurpose the radio show format mm-hmm. or the podcast. But if you come from a podcast, you're used to a certain format. And are you going to, you know, create something new? So I think that that's an interesting. Well, uh, and here's the advantage Joe had when he went to. Well, he didn't have to change. He didn't have to change. He could still do in his format as a show the way he want, although he's under higher scrutiny. And in fact, he was scrutinized this past week or something for saying something that pissed a bunch of people off. So. Yeah, I mean, he's under more of a, I mean, he's on a platform, Spotify, is, as we both know, because we get the takedown notices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are pretty pretty picky on the content that they let through based on their terms of service. No one complains about that, you notice? When a show gets taken down on Spotify, you never hear those podcasters complaining about being taken down. Right. right. And, that, and that always has puzzled me, too, because if... Apple had removed a show, there would be hell to pay. That would be, you know, they would be screaming everywhere, but they get removed in Spotify and it's, you know, it's crickets. Yeah. As a matter of fact, when we make notifications, we send emails out, we never get the response email. Why? Because, you know, that's what you kind of think is going to happen. You know, t- typically on a RIAA takedown, we often get a response from the podcast, but when Spotify removes a show or an episode, no one ever asks us why when we send them the notification email, which I always find maybe they don't really care. <laughs> hey, I, I know so we've been joined by a couple other folks in, uh, in clubhouse and one of them, Mark, uh, Sullivan, he, he actually posted a picture of him and I, um, in his profile image. Oh, if you go to his, Mark, if you want to just come up to the stage, we'd love to have you on the. Hey, hey Mark, that T-shirt Rob is wearing is uh, not allowed to be posted in this channel. I'm just kidding. 
We gotta get you a blueberry t-shirt. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna come, on, him up. come on up, Mark. <laughs> come on up, but uh, ah, hey, hey, Mark. Uh, thanks for stepping up and coming up. Uh, where did you take that picture? I'm trying to think where that was. I think that was at the Outlier Podcast. I'm actually sitting in an airport right now, just uh, you know, listening to you guys. You know, side hustle of trolling you guys. You know, it's having a good time. <laughs> That's great. So you're doing some podcasting yourself, right? Oh, yes, I do. I do about seven different shows. I've done about 270 episodes and just really love the space. I started in magazines and then worked in television. But I think podcasting has the most autonomy and freedom out of all those mediums because you just read you know, you reply or you, you know, you, you basically, you can do whatever you want versus like in television or magazines, you're answering to advertisers or to, or to, um, you know, the, uh, the authorities that are out there kind of regulating what you can and can't do in those channels. So I really enjoy podcasting. Well, it's yeah. a, there is some truth to that to an extent, <laughs> Depends on who you have underwriting or sponsoring your show. Um, you know, there is still brand, uh, brands still have, uh, you know, some brand, uh, well, rules, I guess. And, you know, sometimes in your ad deal, you, you're told what not to talk about and that, you know, that's the price you pay, but that's, you know, they do that in broadcast too. You know, if you, if you have a sponsor about something, certain sponsor in a 30 minute news spot, that sponsor, you're not going to talk about the competitor in a news story, <laughs> you know? So even if that competitor did something really, really cool, it just because it's a sponsor, it's like, okay, we can't talk about them because, you know, these people are paying us money to promote us. So I think a little bit of that still happens in podcasting, but if you're not taking money, then you can say whatever the heck you want. Oh, no, I take money, but I have sponsors that I've known for many years. And so we have this understanding anyway, um, you know, like I have an understanding that I have to be connected to the cloud to, uh, to put up my photo of you, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, and I, and I think that Mark brings up another good point here though, that we, we, we need to make sure we always keep in mind is that, you know, we have a lot of freedom in this space, you know, yeah. and we have an incredible amount of freedom to say what we want, how we want to say it to who now it, it could come with consequences, of course, but you know, most podcasters are the GM. They're the advertising marketer. They are the uh, sales rep and they are the talent on about 95% of podcasts out there. So um, you do not, the only equivalent maybe is YouTubers. You know, YouTubers have the, a similar same amount of freedom. So uh, I don't think there's too many other content classes that, that have that because, you know, you're working for a station and you're playing from a playlist on a top 40, you know, you're not going to roll in uh, some song that uh, is not on the playlist without some repercussion or, you know, right. you say the F word or something like that on the air without beeping it. <laughs> <laughs> we can get, a, get away with that here on clubhouse and in podcasting. Right. <laughs> yeah. Although we, I've, you know, I've cussed a couple of times on this show and we've gotten feedback that someone didn't appreciate it. 
So I try to keep my sailor potty mouth in, in line, and I have for years. Matter of fact, my sailor buddies are always like, how do you go on your show and not cuss as much as you used to cuss in the Navy? I'm like, well, <laughs> different audience, my friend. Well, Todd, and also you have a reputation for finger flying, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I finger flying for our, our <laughs> video viewers. That's right. Although we haven't got any fing- feedback from the video viewers about my finger flying from time to time. <laughs> and those of you who are on Clubhouse, we are actually live right now. We are at uh, newmediashow.com forward slash live if you want to watch us on YouTube. Um, run Twitch, Twitter, all the other places, Facebook. Yeah, yeah Todd, we still haven't ventured into the, the realm of, 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 of trying to get simulcast onto uh, to Twitter spaces yet. So, you, you know, I, I've tried a couple of spaces and just don't see, you know, there's, there, there must be a way. I haven't found a way to pre-promote that I'm going to be doing a Twitter spaces thing. It's just kind of like you have to go and then you have to invite. It's right. it's just a little, it's not as clean as this. Right. It's not, it doesn't set up where you can schedule something and you can yeah. create this whole promotion around it. I mean, that's what's great about Clubhouse now is that you can, you can create a Twitter post or you can whatever and it links to it. So, which is what we're, we're doing as well. We're joined on Sage Todd also by, uh, by Corey, um, Corey Bootlier, I think is the right pronunciation or did I slaughter that Corey? Hey guys, this is Corey Bootlier. Um, yep. yep. That's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for, for stepping up. Is there any thoughts that you have on the topics that we were talking about earlier about, uh, listener privacy and, and trying to come up with, uh, you know, some, you know, central repository for opt-in. Is there any thoughts that you have? Well, that's kind of a third rail subject. Um, we, I can't speak on behalf of the organization. I just want to be clear. These are like my own personal thoughts on things. Sure. Um, podcasting has always been an open ecosystem. It's sort of been a one way out. Um, but we know that, there are sort of these IP addresses. We've always anonymized them and we still continue to do that. So we're not tracking listeners. Um, I know that there are companies though, that the two largest ones, one of them just received a $5 million funding for $5 million. Are you? Yeah. Uh, pod sites did. Yeah. Yeah. Pod sites. Yeah. So take IP addresses from many producers, not singling anyone out. And, you know, they're sort of using those, using the information that, uh, you know, to find household locations to try and, I heard someone else talking about channel attribution because you don't know if it happened on the phone or a desktop. Mm -hmm. So they sort of take a regionalized area and then if a sale was made in the area where an IP address was made, they sort of make the assumption that it probably was the user that heard it on that phone so that they can get credit for the sale. Mm -hmm. And those sites are very popular with advertisers. yeah. So, so <laughs> I would point that out. I liked actually the conversation that you were having about Rush Limbaugh. Um, he, he really changed the industry. Um, he had, when I, when I used to listen in college, cause he was just a monster on talk radio. He, uh, and this was great information for podcasters. Now he, um, he had said that 
when he started actually getting success with the show, because he was not successful when he first started, was when he was relying too much on callers and people calling in. And when he found out to be himself and actually make the show more about him, because listeners were actually tuning in to hear him, that's when his real uh, audience growth started happening. Right. And, and Corey, as a correlation to that, Rob and I know that very well, because when we do this show solo with no guests, no one coming into clubhouse and just do it. People, more people listen to our episodes when it's just Rob and I. So I've done a solo show for years and tried to build a brand around myself and my tech site as well. So I, I kind of understand that, but I, I think you're right. A lot of podcasters rely on their guests to carry their shows where they should realize that they're the ones that have to carry their podcast. Well, it's because, I mean, that's a, that's a methodology to keep your listeners coming back is if you make the show about the host, then they're more likely to come back. If you make the show about the guests, the guests come and go. Right. Yeah. I, I had a meeting with someone that just replaced a host, um, for a specific show. And I said, well, how's that going? Well, I like him a lot. Well, how is it going? <laughs> you know, is does the audience did the audience stay when the other host left? And I really didn't get an answer to that. So maybe down in the weeds, there was you know, you know, he liked the new host, but you know, part of the audience left. The other thing I wanted to mention is uh, I consider Joe Rogan a podcaster. I'm curious what what piece am I missing that he's no longer a podcaster? Shows not available via an RSS feed. So is, does it matter anymore? Maybe not because, you know, YouTubers are calling themselves podcasters. I think, you know, when you're just from a technical standpoint, uh, you, you, you can't get that show globally on a bunch of devices. It's locked into Spotify and you have to have a, I don't know if you have to have a user account or not to listen to it, but you, uh, you can't get it through a podcatcher anymore. Okay, yes. I'll change my terminology. Well, I think there's hey, a... Thanks for putting me up on stage. I have to, uh, I have to scoop, but uh, I, I enjoy your show. All right, well, Corey, and thank you. I'll see you at the next trade show. Awesome. Thank you, Corey. <laughs> Take care, guys. Yep. Yeah, Todd, I think it's, you know, I hear a lot of people in the industry talking about this topic, and, you know, I've had people, you know, leaders in the industry kind of cringe when I say, well, is Joe Rogan a podcast anymore? Um, you know, it's like, do we... Do we want him to be a podcast just because he's so popular or is it, you know, and what's the technical definition? Are we playing in a technical definition or are we, is it a listener perception name now? Well, you know, you can't get onto Apple podcast without an RSS feed. <laughs> okay. What so you can't podcast. I'm you sorry. Know. What'd you say? I'm, Joe's not on Apple. Podcasts. I know. And you can't get on Google podcast without an RSS feed. You can't get on. Overcast, you can't get on Pandora, you can't get on iHeart, you can't get on, let's go through the list without an RSS feed. And you could make a pretty strong case that he's not a podcast anymore. He has a great show. Just like Howard Stern. Right. Howard doesn't call himself a podcast. Right, right. And, 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 and I don't think Joe Rogan calls a show a podcast either. Probably not anymore. So, you know, I think that's where, you know, it's, it's a technical thing. We'll, we'll always consider Joe a, a podcaster. You know, he's, he's done well, cashed a big check. Yeah. That's where he came you know? from. That's the roots. Just like Dan Bongino. That's 
where he started. Right. People so, will always perceive him as a podcast. Because I know there's going to be naysayers. Oh, he's still a podcaster. And I, I, don't, I don't need to argue with that. Just, but if we want to use the technical definition, right. and he's not. And that, that's where I have to, you know, the, the old guy in me, when I see someone, I'm podcasting on YouTube. I just, you know, I want to put in the comments, uh, can you, I'd, I'd love to subscribe to your RSS feed. Can you send that to me? <laughs> I want, that's what I want to say to those posts, but I just like, stop, stop. Don't, don't be the ass. You know, stop, <laughs> you know, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Felix, did, did you have a comment? Yeah, I have a I have a comment about that. I've I've run into that problem with the Latin Podcast Awards, where there have been um, pod, they call themselves podcasts. They're private label, so they let's say they're made specifically for children, and they don't have an RSS feed, but they are treated and produced like a podcast, and they treat themselves as a podcast, but you have to go to their specific private site to sign up and listen to these podcasts. So we eventually uh, you know, had a meeting about it, and we let that one podcaster in, but it was one of those decisions that were a very, very hard decision to make. And at the end of the day, we let them in because they it, they treat it as a podcast. The only thing is, for sure, there was no RSS feed. So that's my take on that. And Felix, I've seen this with running the podcast awards too. But what we've done is forced them to fill out their RSS feed. It's a requirement part of the registration. If they can't provide an RSS feed, they can't even get through the registration process. So what they do is they put their website address in. And, right. you know, okay, that's great. <laughs> um, but you know, if they make the top 10, uh, you know, we're going to look at each of those shows and part of the requirements of our rules are, as you know, you need to have 10 episodes, you know, available as a podcast. And, uh, you know, if they don't, um, if they don't qualify, then they don't make the final slate. But yeah, we've seen a little bit of that too. Not too much, just a few here and there. Yeah. And, and that, I've seen that they do have, you know, what I require is that there have at least a year on. A year, I actually had to change that rule um, last year, but I require that they had a, at least a year on of podcasting. And this year, what I've done is I created the, um, the Revelation Podcast Award for those with less than a year on because we had that issue. And, and it, it was just not once. It happened a couple of times. And we had to make a decision, so we allowed them without the RSS feed, as long as they treated as a podcast and did everything just like a podcast. So it was in a like a radio show or TV sure. something that brought over. So that's that's how we handle that. Yeah, and I think what we we made a, a exception this year too, because our except our basically our rules was was ten episodes in the last year, and I had some folks contact me and say, "Hey, I'm only doing a." documentary series we're only doing seven episodes for the whole series so i basically waived basically said if you know if you're doing a documentary or you have a short series we're going to allow it um, as long as it's complete as long as the you know if you're doing seven episodes for a series as long as it's done we'll, we'll allow it and that's uh, you know that was something brand new that came up this year so yeah it's you know it's yeah we can talk about this all day rob on the 
podcast stuff on the, you know, what is a podcast and what isn't. I don't want to get too wrapped around the axle about it. Uh, I know what I'm considering a podcast and, you know, whatever someone else does, well, that's fine. It's their opinion. Right. As long as they listen. I mean, from a listener perspective, they don't care. They don't right? care. They don't care. So I, mean, I guess if you get it from, it just depends on who, who you're talking to. Right. <laughs> you're talking to podcasters. You're not a podcaster unless you have an RSS. For a listener, hey, I'm glad you're listening to the show. <laughs> don't care how you got it. Thank you for being here, right? That's all we want. <laughs> yeah. and, and 100% agreement with that. So. But, you know, it really, though, goes back to, and again, I, I, I don't like to always go back in history, but if we go back to the origins of podcasting, we what we have here is really, really special because there were so many gatekeepers before. Yeah, you can put some audio on your website and you know, good luck. <laughs> you know, they had to come to your website to get the audio. There, and if you wanted to be on Xbox or, you know, you wanted to be anywhere, you, you know, you had to sign this big 25-page contract and prove you had such a big audience. You, know, you just didn't get on stuff. And having the ability, as YouTube has provided people the ability to put up video content and great, you know, great stuff, you know, podcasters have been able to have that same freedom in audio, even though they can also do video podcasts and put those up as YouTube videos. But um, there's not a lot of people that have cross-platform success either. So that's something that's kind of unique because YouTube is YouTube and podcasts are podcasts. Right. That's true. We're almost out of time. I think so, Todd. I think we're we've we've burned out our ninety minutes, <laughs> which is which is good. Hey, you know, I do have. I this is not a promotion, paid promotion or anything. Are you familiar with Wise W Y Z E and their little cameras? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to tell you that that company knocking it out of the ballpark with stuff. I'm really really impressed with their entire product line. So. uh it's just yeah, kind of my couple of years ago. So I'm, I'm familiar with that. I think you bought one back in the same time. Oh, I've got was... a bunch of their stuff, you know, so <laughs> right. the, the cameras are 20 bucks, you know, so come on, you know, and you know, versus a nest that's one forty nine, Right. And they got a dollar 25 cloud, a dollar 25 a month cloud storage instead of $125 a year cloud storage on nest. So, you know, tell me what I'm buying. You have 12, 12 cameras for the price, 12 cameras uh, uh, and a year's worth of storage on each for the price of one Nest camera. So, so or two. Well, let's let's call it a, yeah. a day, Todd. If you are on Clubhouse with us, we would please ask that you come over to newmediashow.com and uh, subscribe or follow to us. The links are on the right-hand column of the website on every page of the website. This is episode 445, and if you go back and listen to all the way back to episode one, well, actually, don't do that because it was a different name show at that point. But if you come in at about 200 and listen there forward, you'll get a PhD in podcasting. We do not issue PhD certificates. You can self-print yourself, one prop the internet. And uh, But I'm Todd at Blueberry.com. That's Blueberry without the E's because we couldn't afford the E's. And I'm at Geek News on Twitter, Rob. Yeah, I'm on Twitter as well, um, at Rob Greenley, And you can send me an email if you want to robg at uh, lipson.com. Happy to get an email from you. Any feedback, any uh, little tips about things that you're hearing about going on in the podcasting space, and we'll talk about it on the show. And 
we'll be back in clubhouse again on Saturday, Todd. I, I should probably invite a, a couple of big, you know, a big name guest to join us or something like that. Now, granted that goes against <coughs> what we were saying earlier in the show about, yeah, I thought you were only going to do one, one show a week in clubhouse. I know, but I got, you I got, got an opportunity to do, to create our own club. So we have our own club in clubhouse right. called the new Media show club. And then, uh, we aligned ourselves with, uh, the largest podcasting club on clubhouse, uh, club pod. Uh, it's got over 45,000, uh, members of this group. And if we do our show, Todd, with them, all that 45,000 people get, um, prompted to join us. Awesome. Today uh, we weren't uh, getting that prompt. I don't think, but is that only on Saturdays? Our, our own, uh, club. I see. I gotcha. All join right. our club. <laughs> yeah. Join our club, please. Um, but if you want to want to check us out on Saturday, we're, you know, we do the show at 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, noon Eastern. Uh, we do it live just like what we're doing here. And, and, um, I'll probably invite one of those big guests to join us, Todd. And we, we want to make sure too. you know, I know the regular podcast audience that's listening to this later. Um, I know you guys been getting some grief on the clubhouse audio and, uh, you know, literally we don't have a complete way to control it. So, uh, you know, if it's driving you absolutely crazy, please let us know, but we're, we're doing our best and, uh, um, to get, you know, it's just because people are on clubhouse with their mobile phones and they're doing stuff and it is what it is. So I thought that the audio was 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 better today generally yeah yeah and i and i think you turn in the levels down a little bit helped as well but uh okay. you know that's something for you participating in clubhouse folks uh you know be on your be on your ipod your your what do you call them the ear pods and you know be on a if, if nothing else have a have a wired connection if you can it, it always just kind of ups the game a little bit okay We'll get out of here. Everyone, thanks. Everyone that's been watching us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, anywhere else. Thank you for being here. And uh, we'll see you back here on Saturday. Everyone take care. Bye-bye.